Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Keeping you informed and and inspired, that is our apostle, that is our mission, that is what we do here. Catholic Drive Time, it's so good to have an opportunity to hang out with you, and I pray that your weekend was really good. I know uh, I had uh, a great weekend, a wonderful opportunity to kind of rest a little bit, sleep in. That's such a, that's a rare commodity, a rare resource, a rare opportunity uh, is to be able to sleep in over the weekend. Boy, college you is, wouldn't that be awesome to be able to do that more often? Also got to catch up on the filing for the taxes. I even got to watch a movie, Dances with Wolves. Have you seen Dances with Wolves? Boy, it's been a long time since I've seen that. I was able to watch that over the weekend, too. Plus, I went for a great walk with my family uh, yesterday. It was a beautiful afternoon, and we even got to, to go to Holy Mass. So what a great weekend. I pray that your weekend was really good as well. Plus, the team is here, of course. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Praise God I'm alive, and that counts. That's great. You watched Dances with Wolves. I watched uh, Infidel with Jim Caviezel this weekend. Really? Yes. Was that any good? Yeah, I really liked it. And I wasn't aware. Um, it's based on a true story or true stories. I wasn't realized there was I didn't realize there were so many Americans who were being imprisoned in Iran under like false pretenses. Really? Like it's a whole phenomenon. Wow. Uh, I remember after the Passion of the Christ, he did the stoning of Soraya M., uh, and that was a really uh, raw, it was a movie worth watching, but boy, was it hard to watch. It was a lot like watching The Passion of the Christ. So uh, I know that uh, you know this movie probably has a lot in common with that film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Adrian Fonseca is on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, Joe. You know, I watched Independence Day over the weekend, and I had never seen it before. It was a really good movie and a lot of great things of it. But also was really surprised by how like decadent it was with uh, with just like divorce and prostitution and things like that. And I was like really surprised by that. Yeah. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Yeah, not good. Thank you, Hollywood, for another another great uh, soul corrupting movie. There, praise God. Uh, well, anyway, maybe we should get a guest on to talk about the uh, the crazy nature of Hollywood entertainment and uh, whether or not we should allow that in our homes. Let's be a good conversation. We should book a guest on that regard. Uh, on the program today, though, this hour, Olivia Gons Turner from the Virginia Society for Human Life will be on the program. We've talked a lot uh, over the last couple of weeks about the Biden administration and their their anti life policies. We've had a lot of those conversations on, but one of the conversations we have not had is about the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment is a policy or is an amendment that says. Uh, uh, rather, it's a legislative provision that says we can't use federal tax dollars to pay for abortions. Maybe a lot of people don't know that before 1980, there was about 300,000 abortions per year that were paid for by federal tax dollars. There is a movement afoot to reverse the Hyde Amendment. And if that happens, boy, we could go right back to paying directly for abortions here in America. So the Mexico City policy is about funding overseas uh, or internationally, and the Hyde Amendment is domestic. And we're going to have the conversation today with Olivia Gaines-Turner from the Virginia Society for Human Life about the Hyde Amendment today in this hour. Plus, uh, the uh, the parental notification is uh, 
is also being put on the back burner. So kids in high school could go directly to abortion or other issue, other severe morally concerning issues without any parental notification. We're going to have that conversation with Olivia Gons-Turner from Virginia Society for Human Life. Plus, we'll have the What's Concerning Us, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, the whole show, plus the new opportunity to win prizes in our trivia game show in the next hour. All of that coming up today on, on Catholic Drive Time. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. I'm including all of your intentions, plus our own intentions. We're bringing them to Our Lady to whisper them into the ear of her Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. Iowa lawmakers are advancing a constitutional amendment to exclude the so-called right to abortion. House Joint Resolution 5 would amend the Iowa State Constitution to clarify that it does not recognize, grant, or secure a right to abortion or require the public funding of abortion. The amendment is particularly prescient for Iowa as the state's Supreme Court found a right to abortion in the state's constitution in 2018. The Senate is likely to pass the measure, the Des Moines Register reported. Under current law, abortion is legal in Iowa until the 20th week of pregnancy. The Iowa Catholic Conference has testified in support of the amendment, saying it would make the state constitution abortion neutral. Reddit users are now going after Silver for what they're calling the biggest short squeeze in the world. A number of Reddit users on the popular Wall Street Bets forum have said that they are planning to launch a coordinated effort to target Silver as their next short squeeze target. This comes after purchases of hot stocks like GameStop and AMC were restricted by various platforms, sparking calls by members of Congress for an investigation into whether there was collusion by hedge funds and platforms like Robinhood. They are now planning on going after cheap silver stocks, although experts are saying that those Reddit users will have a difficult time making an impact in the silver market. A Catholic priest in England is giving thanks for his recovery after having died twice from COVID. Father Michael Stack had served for almost a quarter century as a chaplain in four major hospitals in the Archdiocese of Birmingham, England. After experiencing COVID symptoms, Father Stack said that he died twice once in the ambulance and once in the hospital, but was resuscitated both times. He was then put on a ventilator for 21 days and in critical care for 36 days. Father Stack was, of course, used to hospitals, but as a chaplain rather than a patient. He estimates that he has, admi- he has ministered to around 5,000 people who have died on wards. As well as serving at some of the UK's busiest hospitals, he was also national chaplain to the Association of Catholic Nurses in England and Wales. Pope Francis has proclaimed a World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly. The World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly will take place annually on the fourth Sunday of July, close to the Feast of the Grandparents of Jesus, Saints Joachim and Anne. This year it will take place on Sunday, July 25th, and Pope Francis will offer a special Mass to mark the occasion, according to the Vatican Dicastery for Laity, Family and Life. In his address, the Holy Father said, quote, The Holy Spirit arouses arouses thoughts and words of wisdom in the elderly today. Their voice is precious because it sings the praises of God and guards the roots of peoples. 
They remind us that old age is a gift and that grandparents are the link between generations to transmit to young people an experience of life and faith. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Reginald of Orleans, pray for us. Born in 1180 in Orleans, France, he was a priest, a professor of canon law at the Sorbonne in Paris. He was the dean of the Collegiate Church of St. Agnon in Orleans. But while he was on pilgrimage in Rome in 1218, the future Pope Gregory IX introduced him to St. Dominic de Guzman, who is the founder of the Dominican Order. Reginald was moved by St. Dominic's preaching. He was fascinated by some of his ideas, and the two of them became very close friends. And uh, Blessed Reginald of Orleans received a vision, a vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary presenting him in a Dominican habit and his miraculous cure from the vision. Reginald joined the Dominicans, receiving the habit from St. Dominic himself. The, true, the two traveled to Bologna, Italy, where Reginald impressed many with his own preaching and served as the Dominican prior to the area when Dominic traveled on. He became the prior of the Dominican convent of St. Jacques in Paris in 1219, where he was known for his preaching and where he led many to join the order. He was also a friend of Blessed Jordan of Saxony. He died early in February of 1220 in Paris and was buried in the Benedictine Cemetery of Notre Dame in Paris. He was beatified 1875 by Pope Pius IX. Blessed Reginald of Orleans, pray for us. The gospel comes to us today from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the sea, to the territory of the Gessereans. When he got out of the boat, at once a man from the tombs who had an unclean spirit met him. The man had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any longer, even with the chain. In fact, he had frequently been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles smashed, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the hillsides, he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. Catching sight of Jesus from a distance, he ran up and prostrated himself before him, crying out in a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you, by God, do not torment me. He had been saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out of the man. He asked him, What is your name? He replied, Legion is my name. There are many of us. And he pleaded earnestly with him not to drive them away from that territory. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they pleaded with him, Send us into the swine. Let us enter them. And he let them. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine. The herd of about 2,000 rushed down a steep bank into the sea where they were drowned. The swine herds ran away and reported the incident in the town and throughout the countryside. And people came out to the sea to, just to see what had happened. As they approached Jesus, they caught sight of the man who had been possessed by legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were seized with fear. Those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened to the possessed man and to the swine. Then they began to beg him to leave their district. 
As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him, but Jesus would not permit him, but told him instead, Go home to your family and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. Then the man went off and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him, and all were amazed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, this was a hefty passage today, but a powerful one nonetheless. The Decapolis is a group of 10 cities in the north in Israel, uh, east of the Jordan, mostly Gentile and thus mostly pagan. The swine herd being there as a, a, a sort of an indicator that these are not Jews. Jews would not be herding swine whatsoever. They can't even eat the swine uh, let alone heard them. So we see pagans here. Jesus has come to these pagan Gentiles. And what has he done? He's encountered a man who's fully possessed and, and has been running rampant through this region and no amount of effort, no one has been able to free him. The chains can't even restrain him. And it represents, according to St. Bede, that these people, these Gentile peoples, are under the, the, the dominion, under the slavery of the demonic spirits, the legions, like 6,000 of these demons possessing this one man. St. Bede would say this, the demoniac represents the Gentile nations saved by Christ. As pagans, they once lived apart from God amid the tombs of dead works, while their sins were performed in service to demons. Through Christ, the pagans are at last cleansed and freed from Satan's domination. You see, Jesus comes to bring even the pagans, the Gentiles, into his fold, bring them pity and mercy and freedom. And uh, it's a powerful thing, but I like this uh, one line here at the end, when the demoniac, the guy who was freed from all of this, is wanting to get into the boat and come with Jesus, and Jesus is like, no, you have to stay, because these people would prefer their demons than freedom. So you have to stay and preach to them. You have to tell them what? You have to tell them all that the Lord has done in his pity for you. I think it's a great lesson for you and for me. Are we telling our friends, our family members, all that the Lord has done in his pity for us? Emily, Adrian? Uh, yes. So one of the things that I thought was important to note was, uh, Saint, uh, not Saint, uh, Cornelius Alapide talks about how the whenever the they drive the demons into the uh, <laughs> so we don't have time to go into it but well, let's stay take it up in the what's concerning show. us section how about that all right we're going to come back we'll catch up on what adrian was about to uh, tell us from cornelius alapide plus we have some uh, concerning us stories in the headlines uh cuomo's back in the headlines we'll talk about that all coming up on the other side of this break got drive time getting you informed and inspired we'll be right back don't go anywhere Protestants believe Christians can be absolutely sure they're going to heaven because John tells us in 1 John 5.13, I write this that you may know you have eternal life. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, John writes in the next verse, and this is the confidence which we have in him. For John, the knowledge we have of our salvation is not a certainty without doubt, but a confident assurance, and that's the Catholic belief. Second, we know this is what John means because in verse 15, he draws a parallel between our knowledge of salvation and our knowledge that God grants our requests. Do we have absolute certitude that God will grant our requests? No, but we are confident he will answer. So, 
Catholics need not worry. John is not teaching Protestant doctrine here. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.com. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Coming up in just about uh, 15, 16, 17 minutes or so, we're going to have a conversation uh, about the Hyde Amendment with Olivia Gans Turner from the uh, Virginia Society for Human Life. The Hyde Amendment has uh, been around since about 1980. Uh, preventing taxpayer-funded abortions in America, but that might be overturned. We might see a resurgence of that. Prior to that, with 300,000 abortions per year were funded in America. So that we could be facing that. We haven't had that conversation so far in this new administration, so we'll be having that conversation coming up with Olivia Gans-Turner from the Virginia Society of Human Life. So stick around for that. Now, before I jump into the What's Concerning Us segment and the stories, uh, Adrian, I'm going to let you uh, tell us what Cornelius Lapide had to say about that passage. <laughs> yeah, so Cornelius Lapide, he talked, uh, he focused mostly about this passage on the demons, on what, what happened with our Lord when he cast out the demons. Now, he's like, what, so what was going on between our Lord and the demons at this situation? So the demons were like, please send us into the swine. And uh, what, a lot of people are very confused by that. And there's a number of reasons why our Lord decided to do this, to actually indulge them in the action that they requested. Uh, one, it was showing the uncleanliness of the pigs. Uh, and two, it was another reason was the fact that um, it was showing forth the how horrible hell is. Because the demons would, were begging our Lord, saying, it's not our time yet. It's not our time to be cast down into hell. We still have time to rule this, uh, rule the planet, rule the earth as prince of the earth. Um, and so Cornelius Lapide talks about how it was worse for them to be into the torments of hell. And so they cast them into the, to the pigs instead because that is less tormenting to be drowning themselves as, uh, as into the swine. Uh, and also, the other reason is to show forth that the fact that they were legion. There were so many of them because they covered into, they possessed an entire herd of swine. Uh, so, because they said, I am legion. What that meant for, according to Cornelius Lapide, was that there were 6,666 of them because that was a legion according to uh, the time uh, of the Syriacs. According to uh, Lapide, he said that's the number of legion. And so that's the number of demons that were cast out into the swine. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. Now, you know, maybe think real quick. Uh, Lent is coming up, right? We're in the season right before Lent starts. And uh, we were contemplating um, doing something special during the season of Lent. And one of those things was to do uh, Bible studies or just to sort of a review of various Bible commentaries on the passages and uh, and maybe doing some discussion on that. So we're we're tossing that around. I'm also thinking about doing a special series on trustful sur- trustful surrender to divine providence by Saint Columbert. Uh, somebody gave me that book. I don't know, 15 plus years ago, and it's a powerful little tiny little uh, spiritual reflection 
on uh, trusting in divine providence for all things. So we may be doing that. Stick around. Uh, maybe I'll give you some more information about how you can get access to that uh, the, that content. It, uh, we're not going to just post it uh, everywhere. It'll be something special just for Lent. So stick around for that. But uh, I want to jump into some of these stories. Now, Emily, I know you, I, I think you reported on this, if I'm not mistaken. This was came up last week, but it bugged me, and I meant to mention it, and I have to, don't think I had. And uh, this is about Governor Cuomo's response when it was discovered that he underreported the deaths in the nursing homes in New York due to COVID. Uh, this is an article I'm looking at right now from The Blaze called Facing Questions About New York Undercounting COVID Nursing Home Deaths by Governor Cuomo, who lashes out. Who cares? They died. That was his response. So uh, the... Uh, the uh, attorney general in New York, who is a Democrat, by the way, has come out and said that they, the state is underreported by as much as 50 percent. So it could be double whatever number they gave. It could be double that as the actual number. I mean, it was terrible. They were admitting infected patients back into nursing homes and it was spreading through these nursing homes. And many people died as a result of that. So when this came out, um, Basically, he did not like the criticism and the pressure in the media, and his response was, who cares? 33%, 28% died in a hospital, died in a nursing home, they died, unquote. That's kind of insane. I know who cares, the families of those people who yeah. weren't reported, you know? I know. I, the dignity of human life begins at conception and ends uh, at a natural death. That is what we believe uh, according to natural law and church teaching. Mm-hmm. And here's a clear example of the callousness of life at the end of life, right? Yeah. Well, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, and they're really letting him off the hook. I mean, he hasn't, like, he's not being um, held accountable for his participation in those deaths by putting COVID patients in the nursing homes with the vulnerable, you know? So that's probably why he's dismissing it is because he doesn't want to be connected with it. Do you remember how much praise he was getting? Like, uh, oh, Cuomo is like the best response to COVID you know, uh, blah, 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 you know. And Didn't he write a book about how to respond to COVID or something? Did he? Did he? <laughs> oh, wow. Let me, look, let me look it up. Oh, you look at that. Up. Okay, <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, it's it to me, it's rather uh, insane. And it goes back to the life issues. If we're going to respect human life, the dignity of the human person, we have to recognize it at conception and through all stages of life. And those people who are nearing the end of their life, their natural lifespan, have dignity Nonetheless, it, just because they mm -hmm. they don't contribute to society as much as they once did doesn't make them less uh, human, less uh, Im less uh, dignified. I think in many ways they actually the elderly actually contribute more to society. You know, in terms of the virtue that they've accumulated over their lives and the wisdom. Okay, so he did write a book, American Crisis: Leadership Lessons from the COVID nineteen Pandemic. Listen to this description. New York Times bestseller, Governor Andrew Cuomo, tells the riveting story of how he took charge in the fight against COVID-19 as New York became the epicenter of the pandemic. So, Wow. <laughs> and now, will he be held accountable for that? That's a good question. I hope that he will, because um, that was a really bad decision and <laughs> shouldn't have happened. Yeah, you know, it's just very sad to be so callous. Like, what difference does it make? You know, what what, no, what difference does it make on the number? Well, you know, these families were cut off from their loved ones. I mean, it's bad enough folks in nursing homes don't get visited that often as it is. It's even worse when the family can't even... I, I know, I, I mean, there I've known several friends during this past uh, year 
where they were not they were not able to go visit their their parents mm-hmm. in a hospital or a nursing home because of covid and uh, and then you let infected patients in and then it wipes out the community i'm like the vast majority of the deaths due to covid were in this percentile and it's it's just tragic to act like it doesn't matter really it just it's mind boggling yeah and remember from the headlines last week uh, i reported that over 60% of nursing homes are going to be closing because they they can't support themselves and they can't continue during this pandemic. And I think we've talked a lot about, or at least we've addressed the effects of the pandemic on children um, who are young and, you know, going through early stages of development. But really, the other people who suffer are the the elderly because they are also a vulnerable um, group that is not able to, um, you know, withstand the effects of the pandemic as well. Yeah. So children and the elderly are really the ones suffering here. Well, let's go to the other side of the spectrum. So this LifeSite News, man leaves abortion center, says fetus is in the trash can. Um, another uh, article reported by LifeSiteNews.com. It says, and this is in Silver Spring, Maryland, a man leaving a Maryland abortion facility yesterday told pro-lifers on the sidewalk that effing fetus is gone, unquote. He goes on to say, they quote, they put it in the trash can and all that. The masked man said he later returned to the facility and left with the woman he dropped off earlier in the day. LifeSite has blurred her face on the video, which I'll post a link to this at facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Emily's uh, posting links over on the GRN online side and Adrian's posting links at the Station of the Cross side. Uh, you can find them there. But uh, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time is a great place to go for that. Um, it's this was a red rose rescue and this gentleman came out now this is i i report on this because again it illustrates that the dignity the respect for life has to begin at conception and one of the things we see at abortion mills all over the country all over the world probably is men dropping off women to fix that problem i was one of those men personally i'm post-abortive i took a girl to an abortion clinic back in the uh early 90s when I was in the, serving the Marine Corps. I've been this guy. I know what this is like. And I think it should remind us that we should be praying for people like this man. We should pray for him. We should pray for Governor Cuomo. We should pray for all people who can't see the dignity of the human life, the dignity built into every single soul, every single person, uh, given them uh, that dignity by God himself. Uh, we need to pray that the diabolical confusion that pervades our society clouds our minds, clouds our judgments, uh, be lifted, that we be freed from the shackles like the demoniac, uh, and uh, that we can go and preach to the whole world what God and his pity has done for us. This is a tragic story of, uh, of a young man who wanted to go fix his problem and give this girl the only choice he was willing to give her. I made a whole documentary film where I shared my own testimony. You can find that livinghislife.net. It's a crazy story. Uh, what do you guys got in the headlines? Um, let's see. I have the, well, what did I want to talk about? Oh, Minneapolis. They're going ahead with defunding the police, even though uh, they had record-breaking violent crime rates this past year. They are still going through, and they're going to get rid of their police department, um, but still holding on to police officers. That's, I'm sure that's going to work out great. Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, what could go wrong? Uh, no police officers? I think it's, come on, all these law-abiding citizens, are. I'm sure we'll just, you know, share, right? They'll just start sharing and helping each other out. It'll be great. 
I mean, we won't see roving gangs or anything, will we? I mean, no. Adrian, what do you think? Uh, so the one thing I had on the What's Concerning Us uh, for uh, it was like last Friday, I believe, it was whenever this came out. There is a Trump supporter who is going to prison, is going to be tried um, and be in prison for 10 years for posting a meme. And the meme was that they had said, if you are um, if you support Hillary Clinton, it was back in like 2016, I believe, if I remember correctly, I had to go back and find the article. And back in uh, if you support Hillary Clinton, go vote on this day and which was the wrong date to vote, which is a common joke made around election time. It's like, oh, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a I'm a Democrat uh, vote on the day before the day after the election or the Democrats will say, oh, yeah, I'm a Republican. Go vote the day after the election. It's a joke. Uh, it's a common thing that's made. And he made that joke on a meme. And now they are threatening him with uh, prison time for making that joke. So that concerns me because that's that is a very huge overreach and it's very targeted because they're not equally making this a uh, a law that's uh, going to everyone. And even if it was, it still would be a violation of the freedom of speech laws we have in America. That that's not that's political speech. That's not uh, inciting violence. So there's a very narrow tailored of what what freedom of speech is limited at in America. And that definitely qualifies under freedom of speech. So that very that's very concerning. Very concerning. Absolutely. Well, that's the, the draconian world we're, we're moving into. There's another story real quick before we jump on to our break, and we'll, be, we'll have a conversation here coming up in just a few minutes uh, about the Hyde Amendment and how that will affect uh, taxpayer-funded abortions in America. But there's a there is an Epic Times article out that says no plans to develop database for post-COVID-19 vaccination deaths, which the number is rising more and more every day. And it seems that that second shot has been causing the most problems. But irregardless of the massive amount of uh, adverse reactions to COVIDs or even deaths related to the vaccines, there's no plan to, uh, you know, correlate the data, investigate very much, forget it, no plans, no plans. That's very concerning to us. That's very concerning us. There's a segment of our population that shouldn't get it. We'll be back with more Catholic Drive Time coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I want a religion that is not so dogmatic? Well, G.K. Chesterton says a religion that is not dogmatic is not a religion. A religion means something that commits a man to some doctrine about the universe. Anyone who believes anything is dogmatic. In fact, Chesterton says a teacher who is not dogmatic is not teaching anything. And if you think about it, a doctor who's not dogmatic is not who you want prescribing medicine or performing surgery. An auto mechanic who's not dogmatic is not going to be able to fix your carburetor. We want professionals to have specific training, but specific training means embracing very specific ideas. And yet we want a religion that is not dogmatic? As if standing before God is less important than repairing our car? Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. I'm Emily Alcaraz. 
Today is Monday, February 1st, and these are your headlines. The Senate Pro-Life Caucus Chair said in an interview last week that Down syndrome abortions constitute eugenics. Senator Steve Daines of Montana said, quote, On one hand, pro-abortion thinkers and leaders will applaud the Special Olympics. On the other hand, they support selective abortions for babies with Down syndrome. To me, those are two views that are in great conflict with one another. Danes has co-sponsored the Protecting Individuals with Down Syndrome Act, sponsored by Senator James Inhofe of Oklahoma, which prohibits a doctor from performing an abortion that is sought because of a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome. It is unclear exactly how many babies are aborted because of these prenatal diagnoses, but an estimated 67% of unborn babies with Down syndrome are aborted in the U.S. In countries such as Iceland, the abortion rate for these cases is estimated to be close to 100%. Danes called the abortion of babies with Down syndrome the most lethal kind of discrimination imaginable. Minneapolis City Council members have unveiled a new plan to eliminate their police department while keeping their police officers. Following the tragic death of George Floyd last May, the Minneapolis City Council promised to abolish the Minneapolis Police Department. City Council members vowed a to start fresh with a community-oriented, non-violent public safety and outreach capacity approach to law enforcement. The anti-police rhetoric triggered an exodus of police officers, resulting in record-breaking violent crime rates last summer. The three council members sponsoring this bill, Philip Cunningham, Steve Fletcher, and Jeremy Schroeder, released a proposal on Thursday that would eliminate the requirement to maintain a minimum offer, minimum number of officers based on the city's population, leaving the force size entirely at the discretion of the mayor and the 13-member city council. A convent of Mexican nuns are in need of help after COVID has hit their community. The Dominican nuns of the St. Catherine of Siena Monastery in Mexico City sent an urgent request for fervent prayers to local and international Catholics after 10 of their 24 religious fell ill with COVID-19 early this week. A superior of the community sent a letter to supporters and Catholic news organizations explaining that most of the infected religious have mild symptoms, but the required isolation is preventing them from producing the sweets, bread, and cakes whose sales constitute the financial pillar of their community. In her letter, the superior said that one of their elderly sisters has died of COVID and two others remain in bad condition in the hospital. In Pope Francis has met with Cardinal Supic after the Biden inauguration statement dispute. The private audience occurred in the Apostolic Palace on the morning of January 30th. Cardinal Supic, the Archbishop of Chicago, has been in Rome for a meeting of the Vatican Congregation for Bishops. The Holy See press office did not release any further information on the meeting other than it took place. On January 20th, the day of the U.S. presidential inauguration, Supic took to Twitter to criticize a statement from Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, president of the U.S. Bishops' Conference. In the statement that Supic said was ill-considered, Archbishop Gomez wrote that while there are numerous issues of concern to the Bishops' Conference, abortion is the preeminent issue that cannot be ignored. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. We're about to uh, jump into a great conversation on the Hyde Amendment here in a moment. But before I do, I wanted to mention a couple things. Uh, coming up this month, it's February. Can you believe it's February? Can you believe we are only weeks away from the holy season of Lent? Have you began the process of considering what you're going to 
well, how your journey will be, your your penitential journey will be. Uh, I think I've started that process over the weekend, but uh, I wanted to mention a couple things. I'm participating in a Catholic poetry contest uh, for uh, I think it's uh, you know teenagers and up all over the planet Earth are welcome to join this. I'm going to post a link to that contest in our uh, on our facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time page. You can find the link there for today's video. The other thing I'm also participating on, and I think this is free as well, is there is a, a Catholic men's virtual conference I'm giving a talk on, and uh, I'm talking about the power of fatherhood to make or break society and our families. And uh, you can find more information about that in a link I'll be posting at facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. The last link I want to mention before we jump into our, our conversation with Olivia Gons-Turner is about uh, our all of the links for like uh, all the social sites we're posting to, our podcast on the audio side, our playlists, all of that information can be found at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Right now, Olivia Gons-Turner from the uh, Virginia Society for Human Life, uh, vshl.org, is joining us by Zoom. Good morning to you, uh, Olivia. Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be able to be with you this morning. Yeah, thanks for being a part of our program today. We're very grateful to you. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks since the Biden administration has taken over about their their policies, especially in regards to, to human life, you know, abortion, uh, contraception. We've had a lot of these. The one conversation I don't think we've had is on the Hyde Amendment. So let's start there. Tell us what is the Hyde Amendment and why we need to be paying attention to this right now. Well, the Hyde Amendment is a very important piece of legislation that's been in place for decades. And it is single-handedly credited with having saved close to 2 million lives, over 2 million. It's an amazing piece of legislation. uh, And it's named for Congressman Henry Hyde, who was the initial uh, member of Congress who introduced it. It's a very simple piece of legislation. It requires that no federal tax dollars may be used to pay for uh, abortion under government funded programs, Medicaid, et cetera, and also in the current healthcare exchanges that are available. But it does allow for abortions under very specific circumstances. It started with just the life of the mother exemption, which even the Catholic church acknowledges is sometimes an issue. And then the in recent times, there was a, um, a need be, because of the state of things in Congress to expand it to include rape and incest. So National Right to Life Committee and the state affiliates of National Right to Life have been very active in supporting the Hyde Amendment. Uh, every president, including Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, wow. supported the Hyde Amendment. And now Joe Biden, who as a senator did also support the Hyde Amendment, has made it very clear that he will no longer support the Hyde Amendment and does, in fact, support requiring taxpayers to pay for elective abortions. So it is a very dangerous situation, and it will affect every one of the 50 states if the Hyde Amendment falls, as well as, obviously, the expansion of using our tax dollars at the federal level to cover abortions. Why do you think... um... Why do you think there's so much uh, motivation here to force taxpayers to pay for abortions? It's like the it's the whole under the Affordable Health Care Act, forcing 
tax, or, you know, insurance uh, agencies to cover contraception, as though people can't go to a local pharmacy store, their grocery store, and get contraceptives. It's not as though they're. Ter- it's not. It's, it's not as though it costs as much as GameStop stock. You know what I mean? Uh, so well, why the motivation to force taxpayers to do this stuff? Let me clarify something. The Hyde Amendment doesn't address birth control at all. It is specifically addressing the use of federal dollars, Joe, to pay for abortions. Abortions are not the same thing as birth control. I'm drawing a parallel here. Most Americans. I'm just drawing a parallel here about motivation. Like they were under Affordable Health Care Act, motivated to force taxpayers to pay for contraception. Why would they be motivated to reverse Hyde in order to force taxpayers to fund abortions? Well, I have to be careful. Let me be specific. Neither National Rights to Life nor VSHL, the Virginia uh, affiliate of National Rights to Life, have anything to do with the issue of birth control. I must say that because it is important, because our membership are people of very different backgrounds, different religious orientations, et cetera. Uh, and many of them actually may or may not have a problem with that. What almost every American, over 70% of Americans do have a problem with is paying for elective abortions. And there is a difference. I mean, I understand where those of you on Catholic drive time are coming from, but the reality is that for the average American who may not be Catholic, who may not have a concern, there is a concern about paying for elective abortions. And you may be right. There may be a similar level of concern for uh, the question of birth control. I can't speak to that. What I can speak to is that for years, since the Hyde Amendment has been in place, We've seen a tracking of the numbers, and the numbers remain steady that over 70% of Americans oppose paying for elective abortion. That means abortion that isn't for the life of the mother or these other hard cases like rape and incest, which some people, a very small amount of people in America, think might be reasonable. So it's a very specific issue, and I can't tell you exactly why politicians think it's good, except that they are, are, are thinking that a more progressive and a more aggressive stance on abortion will gain them votes. It's actually contradictory to where mainstream America is, which as I said, again, is 70% of Americans oppose paying for abortions through federally funded programs like Medicaid and the healthcare exchanges. So it's a very interesting, bizarre time where the individuals who are currently in power at the congressional level, Senate and Congress and our our new president, and also in states like mine, Virginia, which is controlled by a pro-abortion majority, um, they seem to think that this very excessively progressive and aggressively pro-abortion minority is actually who they need to listen to. So it's a very bizarre time. We're talking with Olivia Gans-Turner from the Virginia Society for Human Life, VSHL.org. We're going to go to a break, a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll continue our conversation about the Hyde Amendment. But there's also another story about uh, circumventing parents and their ability to understand what their kids are doing or not doing or what doctors are doing for them. We'll have that conversation with Olivia Gans-Turner from VSHL.org. On the other side of this break, don't go anywhere. Cabot Drive Time, be right back.
This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. All parents want their children to be happy, but ironically, it's the one thing that we actually cannot do for our kids. Every person has to make the choice to be happy by themselves. What we can do as parents is to teach them what will make them happy and give our kids the self-discipline to choose that path. So what will make our kids happy? First, gratefulness. Children need to learn to appreciate what they have. Second, generosity. Teach them to give themselves away and to live for others. Last, boundaries. Children who have guardrails in their lives know what is expected of them, and this brings security needed for happiness. Make sure to also give your child time. Time to be bored, to make their own fun, and time to make choices. And instill within them a deep foundational knowledge of their identity, knowledge of their own giftedness and vocation. For more resources in our podcast, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order. And not only is it beautiful, it's an order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, majiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's M-A-G-I-S-Center.com. Speed of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Uh, we're having a conversation with Olivia Gons Turner from the Virginia Society for Human Life. VSHL.org is the website. Real quick, before we jump back into that, we're getting some reports on our social feeds, on the video feed, that they're having sound problems. Uh, our producer, Adrian Fonseca, is trying to look into that right now. But I, I just tested it. I can hear sound. So if you're not able to hear the sound, maybe what you might do is restart the browser and just uh, see how that works. But if I'm talking to you and you can't hear sound, you couldn't hear me anyway. Uh, L- Olivia, welcome back to the program. We're talking about the Hyde Amendment on the, on the, uh, before the break happened. What can we do as a lay faithful to try to prevent the Hyde Amendment from being overturned and taxpayer-funded abortions becoming a norm again in our country. Thank you, Joe. It's very important that every concerned American contact their congressman or woman right now. Uh, just this week, the 200 members of the House of Representatives, our Congress, sent a letter uh, to their leadership, uh, re- requesting that there be no changes to Hyde, that they that that Hyde not be weakened nor eliminated. So uh, I know that we had all of our pro-life members of the Virginia uh, Congressional Congress uh, Caucus. Uh, we have a few Republicans left in our congressional group that are pro-lifers, and they all signed on to that letter. You can see the letter at nrlc.org. You can get more information about what's going on with the Hyde Amendment and find your congressman. If you don't know who your congressman or woman is, this is a time to contact them and tell them that, you know, regardless of what you think about whether abortion should be legal or not, and I know most of the listeners of this show would agree with me that abortion should not be legal. It isn't good for women or their children, and obviously, and so contacting our congressman is critical. Congress people right now need to hear from Americans that they don't want their dollars, their tax dollars, used to fund abortion, and that's for, certainly true here in Virginia. VSHL.org 
is our website, Virginia Society for Human Life, vshl.org. We have a, a legislative action center. We make it as easy as possible. I know National Right to Life does the same thing. You can go to that website. You can identify yourself by your address or zip code, and you can directly contact in our state. We have our congressman up and for Hyde Amendment, but we're facing issues in Virginia, Joe uh, and Emily, where we are going to be dealing with if the Hyde Amendment falls, what people don't understand is if the Hyde Amendment falls under the Biden administration, it will be extremely easy for states like Virginia, which have already set the wheels in motion in our General Assembly this year, to change our rules to force not only federal tax dollars, but our state tax dollars to fund abortions through state-run programs as well as, as federal. So this is a huge problem and it's not just affecting a state like Virginia, which has become very radical in the last few years, um, but many other states that may find themselves with a pro-abortion controlled legislature and uh, governor uh, will be facing exactly the same thing. If this wall comes down, our money, our dollars, the money we pay every year in April will be funding abortion in, in America. Now, Olivia, we saw this just to shift gears a little bit. We saw this situation recently where the the governor of Massachusetts, who is actually pro-abortion, he vetoed a bill um, that would have allowed minors to obtain abortions without parental consent. And his veto was overridden by the Massachusetts legislator. So now we see bills being passed concerning parental involvement that are very radical and allow children to get abortions without their parents being involved. What do you think about this, Olivia? I think it's dreadful. I mean, I, I had an abortion myself uh, many years ago. I've been involved in this movement because of my abortion experience in the 1980s. And I am extremely aware that minors are very often made victims and preyed upon by abortion providers. In Virginia last year, our radical pro-abortion General Assembly, uh, with the help of our pro-abortion governor, put forward a new program through our Department of Health. It was this peculiar sex information hotline. And among the things that they were making available uh, in this hotline, which was being targeted to our minor age children without their parents' knowledge, this hotline uh, was circumventing Virginia's law. Virginia has a parental consent law, a strong parental consent law that we know has brought down the number of abortions because parents are being included in these conversations. But this hotline was helping teenagers deliberately circumvent laws like Virginia's to get to, say, Washington, D.C., or other nearby places where they could get an abortion without needing parental consent. So it was a very duplicitous and frightening situation. It came to our attention thanks to several pro-life members of our General Assembly, a senator and a delegate in particular who really alerted us to this. Uh, we have a state senator who is right now running a bill in Virginia, it's HB, excuse me, SB 1235. Again, on the VSHL website, you can find this information. But the um, goal of this bill is to simply say that no conversation of any kind can take place between a minor and a State Department of Health staff member, official, or service or operator without parental consent so that we can at least circumvent this sort of backdoor attempt to get our children's attention without parents having any idea it's going on. And of course, there were many, many other things on that website. My concern was how deliberately this, this particular effort 
would have circumvented a state like Virginia that had a, a good law in place. Obviously, Massachusetts is fighting to get a law like Virginia has. And all of these, these efforts are designed to promote the abortion industry at the expense and well-being of younger women, teenagers, uh, women in crisis, and certainly families. We're talking with Olivia Gons-Turner from the Virginia Society of Human Life, VSHL.org is the website. You know, I, I think it was maybe four years ago, I was listening to Catholic Radio, and I was listening to Al Crusta in the afternoon from Ave Maria Radio, and he was interviewing a guest, and I don't remember the guest's name, but th- she was talking about this very thing, about parental notification, about the hotline, and how Planned Parenthood in particular was sending their reps into schools, middle schools, to pass out this phone number directly to the student body. They could all they needed to do was call this number and they could even text. And whatever address was provided to Planned Parenthood, they would ship an RU48 pill uh, to that address. No questions, uh, n- no need for verification, no parental, nothing. It could have been the boyfriend's address, a P.O. box, it could have been literally anything. Um, the school nurse, I'm sure, would have volunteered in many cases. And, uh, and then she could have had access to uh, these abortion pills. Now, we all know that RU48 has harmed many women, actually. It's not, it's, uh, it's a very dangerous uh, form of abortion. Um, and we, if you saw the Abby Johnson film, she depicts the, this in her film, as a matter of fact. That frightened me listening to that. Uh, because all of our efforts to pray in front of abortion clinics, to pray for the doctors, the nurses, and those women and their and the bows that bring them there, um, you're going to be circumvented completely in this process. They don't even need to go to the facility; they just go to the school and reach the kids directly. How um, you, you? Yeah, it's very. Go ahead. No, Joe, I'm just going to say you're tapping a vein that I think is very important. Another level, another issue that's very much at the forefront at the national level is uh, to maintain the FDA standards on webcam abortions. There's two problems you've said. A, this, 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 this ability to circumvent uh, parental right to know so that parents have a chance to protect their minor age daughters from this kind of you know, really despicable, uh, diabolical uh, intervention in their lives without their knowledge. But also uh, at the federal level, the Biden administration has made it clear that they want to lift the FDA restrictions on uh, very minuscule protective restrictions that exist on the distribution of chemical abortion pills. RU46 is only one of a couple of combinations that are out there now. All of them are potentially deadly. Obviously, they're all deadly to the unborn child, but they're equally dangerous in many cases to a, a young woman who may take one and have no idea that the power of this chemical abortion could actually take her life as well. So these minimal standards that were imposed by the FDA many years ago need to stay in place, if only to give a, a, some sense of pause uh, so the young woman has an idea that this is a dangerous drug she's taking and not only will it kill her child, but it could hurt her. So these are things that are all going on at once. This attack on parents' rights, this deliberate um, supporting of the abortionists. Webcam abortions are very dangerous. They they will be doing them here in Virginia. Last year, our General Assembly voted to remove the restriction that only a licensed physician, a doctor, could do abortions. Now a non-doctor, nurse practitioner, nurses, anybody could be licensed to do an abortion in Virginia now because of the way they changed our laws last year. And they will be distributing these chemical abortion tablets through the webcam abortion process 
And no one will have any idea of how many women are actually being harmed, as well as the reality that we know as pro-lifers that every time these drugs are used, a human life is lost. So this is a dreadful time. And as I say, everything about what's going on right now is facilitating and, and advocating for the abortion industry at the expense of the well-being, quote, of the women who are making their decisions. They don't really care about the mothers any more than they care about the babies. So this is a an ongoing agenda. Um, and, you know, I can't say this enough. People don't think at a time like this that what they're doing is counting. You know, there's a lot of concern about, you know, are we being heard? Does what we do count? I can tell you in Virginia that every single email, every single phone call is counted. One letter, one email, one phone call, they literally multiply that. And the same is true in Congress. If one person picks up the phone and calls, if one person sends a note, if one person emails, they multiply that usually by 10. So it's if it's one, that means 10 people who didn't who feel the same way but didn't take the time to pick up the phone or send an email. Our numbers are being counted. And if nothing else puts the fear of God in some of these people, we have elections in Virginia this yeah. year. We're off year election states. All right. Next year's ca- Congress gets elected. I hate to cut you off. In these people. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're out of time. Uh, Olivia Gons-Turner from VSHL.org. Thank you for your time today and for thank being you. a part of our program. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day, and thank you for your work. We're going to post a link to VSHL.org over at Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Uh, don't, don't, st- don't go anywhere. If you can, stick around, especially on the radio. But if you can't, hang out with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Our Catholic Trivia Game Show is coming up in the next hour. And prizes are involved, plus breaking stories with Emily. And, of course, the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, all that. Plus, also the after show, we will wrap our program and conversate about everything on the program today. So all of that still to come. In the next hour, if you're able to join us, again, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Search for GRN Online or Catholic Drive Time. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow morning right here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible clearly says that Jesus had brothers and sisters, but the Catholic Church teaches that Mary was a perpetual virgin. How can that be? Mark 6 verse 3 says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Point number one to consider. There is no word for cousin or for nephew or for niece, aunt, uncle in ancient Hebrew or Aramaic. The words that the Jews used in all those instances were brother or sister. An example of this can be seen in Genesis 14, 14, where Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, is called his brother. Another point to consider, would the last thing that Jesus did on earth be to grievously offend his surviving brothers? Right before Jesus dies, John 19 tells us that Jesus entrusted the care of his mother to the apostle John. If Mary had any other sons, this would have been an incredible slap in the face to them that the apostle John was entrusted with the care of their mother. Also, we see from Matthew 27, 55 and 56 that the James and Josephs mentioned in Mark 6 as the brothers of Jesus are actually the sons of another Mary. 
And one other passage to consider, Acts 1 verses 14 to 15 speaks of a company of about 120 persons that consist of the apostles, the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Let's see. There were 11 apostles at the time. Jesus' mother makes 12. The women, probably the same three women mentioned at the crucifixion in Matthew 27, but let's say it was maybe a dozen or two, just for argument's sake. That puts us up to 30 or 40 or so. So that leaves the number of Jesus' brothers at about 80 or 90, according to this scripture passage. Do you think Mary had 80 or 90 children? She would have been in perpetual labor. No, scripture does not contradict the teaching of the Catholic Church about the brothers of Jesus when scripture is interpreted in proper context. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Anne is a real GRN listener, so to help tell her story, we hired Open Line Monday host John Martinoni. I love listening to Catholic Radio on the GRN. Anne is a smart girl. And when I found out the GRN was raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250, I was like, where do I sign up? Getting even smarter. So I went to GRNonline.com and bought five tickets for $100. That's a stale. Celebrity voice impersonated. Drawing ends March 1st. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's great to be on with you today. How was your weekend? I pray it was great. Resting, restful, relaxation. I hope you got some of that in. Uh, boy, we just finished a conversation um, with uh, Olivia Turner from the Virginia Society for Human Life about the Hyde Amendment, parental notifications, and the, I don't know, was it the demons that were like having war against all of our tech? I mean, lights were flickering, feeds were crashing, audio problems. I mean, my brain was so distracted for most of that conversation. I felt really bad. Like, it was hard to think, talk, and focus on all the trouble that we were having. Adrian, good morning to you. How, are, are we doing okay now? Yes. Uh, good morning. Good morning. And it is good morning. God blessed us uh, with a lot of problems today, so thank God for that. And uh, we <laughs> we are we are working on them, and uh, we should be all set on uh, the social media side we were having issues with sound there, uh, yeah. which I don't know what even happened because it's all working now. And all I did was uh, stop doing what I was doing and turn it back to normal. All right. Well, so. uh, we will be posting a video clip of just the conversation with Olivia by itself over on our YouTube channel and on our Rumble channel. I invite you to check out grnonline.com forward slash cdt. To get the links to that, so a great place to do that. Plus, we also have the audio podcast version of our show there as well. But good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Praise God, I'm alive. Uh, And that counts. Yes, it does. I heard you had a very restful weekend. I got to sleep in Saturday. I mean, I think I slept till like 8.30. The one day a week we can sleep in. (laughs) (laughs) When you get up at 3 a.m. on a regular basis, and uh, boy, it feels great to sleep in on occasion. Uh, So that was nice. And, of course, uh, my wife and I uh, continue to uh, chip away at some of our home chapel goals. So my wife and I have been building a home chapel now for over a year. And uh, mostly my wife. It's mostly her inspiration. uh, But uh, we 
we we installed the new couch like a little like it's like a it's like a padded church pew is kind of the deal. So, so. what you wish they had at church? <laughs> it's not all that comfortable to be honest, but uh, it is quite nice to have that extra seating room. We pray our rosary in there. Now we're we're also uh, we're wrapping up our novena to Our Lady of Buen Successo, uh, Our Lady of Good Success. How many people are praying that? You guys praying that novena? Yes, actually, we are at our church. We were uh, praying it after Mass every day. Wow, praise God. It's, a, it's an excellent story. Uh, Mother uh, Mother Torres down there had these wonderful uh, visions of Our Lady, apparitions of Our Lady, and prophecies for our times. And this is what, 16th, 17th century, I think it was? 16-something? Uh, so you should check her out, Our Lady of Good Success in Ecuador. It's a wonderful thing. We should maybe get a guest on at some point. But on this hour, we have breaking news and stories. We have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus we have our trivia game show. And you know what? All last week, all last week, uh, I was promoting a different prize than the one we gave out. And uh, apparently all the, pri- all the promotions I was doing were for this week. Uh, no. So no, it's not even that good. It's even worse than Next that. Week. So last week we gave out the Aroma Rosary. Yes. And I kept saying it was the chewable. Like, <laughs> I, no matter how many times you two said, no, that's not it, for whatever reason, it did not register in my brain. And I kept promoting the chewable rosary, which we did not give. That is still not even this week. This week is, uh, I think I have written it down just to try to help my uh, my Bodakarfgar brain here. Uh, I think the sponsor is Tiny Saints Prize Box this That's week. That's right. Tiny Saints is giving away a prize box full of all kinds of cool things worth uh, $75. I am determined to get it right this week. So we have new prizes, new opportunities, three chances to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. All that coming up, but we must get going here. Uh, let us pray for your intentions, for our intentions, for our, our media apostolate. Let's bring them to Our Lady, that she may whisper them into the ear of her Son, and draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. Iowa lawmakers are advancing a constitutional amendment to exclude the so-called right to abortion. House Joint Resolution 5 would amend the Iowa State Constitution to clarify that it does not recognize, grant, or secure a right to abortion or require the public funding of abortion. The amendment is particularly prescient for Iowa as the state's Supreme Court found a right to abortion in the state's constitution in 2018. The Senate is likely to pass the measure the Des Moines Register reported. Under current law, abortion is legal in Iowa until the 20th week of pregnancy. The Iowa Catholic Conference has testified in support of the amendment saying it would make the state constitution abortion neutral. Reddit users are now going after Silver for what they're calling the biggest short squeeze in the world. A number of Reddit users on the popular Wall Street Bets forum have said they're planning to launch a coordinated effort to target Silver as their next short squeeze target. This comes after purchases of hot stocks like GameStop and AMC were restricted by various platforms, sparking calls by members of Congress for an investigation into whether there was collusion by hedge funds and platforms like Robinhood. 
They're now planning on going after cheap silver stocks, although experts are saying that those Reddit users will have a difficult time making an impact in the silver market. A Catholic priest in England is giving thanks for his recovery after having died twice from COVID. Father Michael Stack had served for almost a quarter century as a chaplain in four major hospitals in the Archdiocese of Birmingham, England. After experiencing COVID symptoms, Father Stack said that he died twice, once in the ambulance and once in the hospital, but was resuscitated both times. He was then put on a ventilator for 21 days and in critical care for 36 days. Father Stack was, of course, used to hospitals, but as a chaplain rather than as a patient. He estimates that he has ministered to around 5,000 people who have died on wards. As well as serving at some of the UK's busiest hospitals, he was also national chaplain to the Association of Catholic Nurses in England and Wales. And Pope Francis has proclaimed a World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly. The World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly will take place annually on the fourth Sunday of July, close to the Feast of the Grandparents of Jesus, Saints Joachim and Anne. This year, it will take place on Sunday, July 25th, and Pope Francis will offer a special Mass to mark the occasion, according to the Vatican Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life. In his address, the Holy Father said, quote, The Holy Spirit arouses thoughts and words of wisdom in the elderly today. Their voice is precious because it sings the praises of God and guards the roots of peoples. They remind us that old age is a gift and that grandparents are the link between generations to transmit to young people an experience of life and faith. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ, blessed Reginald of Orleans. Pray for us. Born in 1180 there in Orleans, France, he was a priest, professor of canon law at the Sorbonne in Paris. He was dean of the Collegiate Church of St. Agnon in Orleans. But while he was on pilgrimage in Rome in 1218, he met the future Pope Gregory IX, who introduced him to St. Dominic de Guzman, who was the founder of the Dominican Order. Uh, Blessed Reginald of Orleans was moved by Dominic's preaching, fascinated by some of his ideas, and the two of them became very close friends. Blessed Reginald began to receive a vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who presented him in a Dominican habit and provided him a miraculous cure. And uh, so he was uh, very moved to join the Dominican order. In fact, he received the habit from St. Dominic himself. The two traveled to Bologna, Italy, where Reginald impressed many with his preaching and served as the Dominican prior in the area when Dominic traveled on. He became the prior of the Dominican convent of St. Jacques in Paris in 1219, where he is known for his preaching. Uh, He also was a good friend of Blessed Jordan of Saxony. He dies in February of 1220 in Paris, and he was buried at the Benedictine Cemetery of Notre Dame, beatified in 1875 by Pope Pius IX. Blessed Reginald of Orleans, pray for us. The Gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the sea, to the territory of the Gerasians. When he got out of the boat, at once a man from the tomb who had an unclean spirit met him. The man had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any longer with a chain. In fact, he had frequently been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles smashed, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the hillsides, he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. 
Catching sight of Jesus from a distance, he ran up and prostrated himself before him, crying out in a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. He had been saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out of the man. He asked him, What is your name? He replied, Legion is my name. There are many of us. And he pleaded earnestly with him not to drive them away from that territory. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they pleaded with him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. And he let them, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine. The herd of about two thousand rushed down a steep bank into the sea where they were drowned. The swine herds ran away and reported the incident in the town and throughout the countryside, and people came out to see what had happened. As they approached Jesus, they caught sight of the man who had been possessed by legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were seized with fear. Those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened to the possessed man and to the swine. Then they began to beg him to leave their district. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him, but Jesus would not permit him, but told him instead, Go home to your family and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. Then the man went off and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him, and all were amazed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the Decapolis, by the way, is a group of ten cities in the north in Israel, east of the Jordan, and they were mostly Gentile populated. There were some Jews there, of course, but mostly they were Gentile pagans, in fact. And so we see this possessed man in, in a, sort of a on a symbolic level. He is representing what they are bound to. They are, in their paganism, they are bound to serve these demons who have control over them, and no one can save them. No chain is strong enough to bind these uh, cruel slave masters, but Christ himself, who is God, even the demons recognize him as such. This is what St. Bede says. The demoniac represents the Gentile nations saved by Christ. As pagans, they once lived apart from God amid the tombs of dead works, while their sins were performed in service to demons. Through Christ, the pagans are at last cleansed and freed from Satan's domination, unquote. It's a powerful thing. He sends the demons into the swine, the swine into the sea, just like Pharaoh's army, the death of the slavery to the, uh, to the demons, rather. And I think this last part of Jesus telling the man who is desperate to follow him, to get into the boat and to come with him, no, you must stay. And you must tell your friends and your family all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. That is a lesson for you and for me, that we should tell all our friends, our family, and everyone what the Lord in his pity has done for us. Emily, Adrian? Uh, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to bring up is to talk about the our Lord when he in regard to casting the demons into the swine and sending them into the ocean, or into the sea, rather. And so this is important because uh, Alapide makes the analogy of the legion to the literal legions that were around at the time. And so Alapide brings up that there were, in, uh, in an average legion, there would be 6,666 uh, people in a legion. 
which is for for obvious reasons very important and so our lord uh, it shows that our lord has power over the legions over the and the army that is against us and to point out that our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the legion of angels uh, fallen angels that are against us constantly and so that and that hell is far more dangerous and far more painful than anything here on earth mm-hmm. because the demons would rather be cast into swine rather than be cast into hell. So I think that's very important. All right. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, we have the Fear and Tripling Game Show coming up next. So three opportunities to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence and to win this week's prize pack, which we're very excited as we have a brand new sponsor this week. And I promise to get it right this time. It's Tiny Saints Prize Box. So we're going to tell you all about that on the other side of the break. The phone number to be our contestant is 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant. You don't even need to know the answers to the questions at 877 757-9424 877-757-9424 be right back we all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction but with the help of God and a church family your children can grow in the security of faith, hope and love weekly mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, 
Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show that gives you the chance to work out your salvation in fear and trembling by learning a little bit about your faith. That is our secret hidden agenda. Just don't tell anybody that. Uh, we want to just share a little bit about the faith. You learn something new all the time. You might have a laugh in the process, and prizes are involved. And here's the kicker. You don't even need to know the answers to the questions to get them right. In fact, I don't ask the caller the questions, and I instead ask Emily. I ask Adrian. One of them has a right answer. The other has a wrong answer, and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide. Do they want to go with Emily? Do they want to go with Adrian? Who's right? Who's wrong? Every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize pack. Tell them what they could win, Emily. So got a super cool prize this week. Our sponsor is tinysaints.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram, and they're giving away a super special prize today. So it's a prize box valued at $75. It comes with a The Saints Are Watching Over Me board book, a rosary, a lanyard, six of their uh, signature charms, and a kitty sidekick um, teddy bear. So super great prize today. You're going to want to call in this week. And I promise to try to get the uh, to get the right prize this week. Promises to try. It, it's <laughs> Tiny Saints Prize Box. We're very grateful to you for underwriting our prize this week. Let's go to the phones. To everyone who called in to be a contestant, thank you for trying to call in and be a part of our program. We always take the first caller, so if you tried today and weren't able to get in, try tomorrow morning. We'd love to have you on the program. But Dennis from Richardson, Texas, good morning to you, sir. Thank you for being a part of our show. Thanks for having me. Praise God. It's good to have you on, Dennis. Now, what church you go to? I go to St. Gabriel's Parish in McKinney, Texas. Nice. Praise be to God. Are you ready for Lent? Are you all ready to go? You have your penances all mapped out? As best we can. <laughs> can you believe it's already going to be Lent? It's like we're just a couple of weeks away. Oh, my goodness. It's insane. Are you ready to go yeah, today, Dennis? Do you, do you understand the rules? Are you prepared for your three opportunities? I'm ready. All right, praise God. Now, fair warning, uh, you can't trust Emily or Adrian. They will try to fool you here. So uh, just keep a, an attentive ear, and uh, we'll see how it goes today. But I think these these questions aren't all that tricky today. At least that's my opinion of them. But we're going to start with you, Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? Yes. Here we go. Emily, how many choirs of angels are there in the celestial hierarchy? That's a good question. Um, How many choirs go, of angels? I think a good biblical number is three. Let's go with three. Three? Yeah. Three. And Could be reasonable. Since they're choirs, most harmonies have three parts. Oh, wow. Okay, I see the connection there. All right, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, Adrian, can you tell me how many choirs of angels are there in the celestial hierarchy? Okay, let's see. Um... I'm going to go with nine because, uh, do I get bonus points if I name them? Do you get uh, bonus points? You can mm. name them? Does so. Dennis get so. bonus points is the oh, real that's question. That's the real question, yeah. All so, right, so your answer is nine. nine. My okay, is nine. Emily is on the board for three. Adrian is on the board for nine. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Dennis, what say you? I believe Adrian is right. That sales pitch was more convincing. <laughs> <laughs> Survey says, congratulations. We you yes. were not fooled at all, Dennis. Uh, wow, a sharp, keen ear there. But that was an easy question, right, Dennis? It wasn't that hard. 
Not that hard, but I didn't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you do. Praise God. All right. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence. I think the questions get uh, a little easier from here, I would say. I don't know. Let's just see. Adrian, we're going to start with you this time. Oh, no. Adrian, can you tell me who was Eugenio Pacelli? Eugenio Scarfalli? Pacelli. Oh. Pacelli. Not Scarfalli. Okay. Pacelli. Um, was he the... Uh, do I have to ask this in the form of a question? <laughs> no. Um, but you'd have to give me an answer. Okay, I'm going to go with it was the pre secretary of Leo the 13th. The pre secretary of Leo the 13th. Who knows? Could be right. Let's see what Emily says. Emily, can you tell me who was Eugenio Pacelli? Definitely not a secretary. Uh, the reason I know this is because he wrote one of my favorite encyclicals, Mystici Corporis. So, The Mystical Body of Christ. This was by. Pope Pius the Twelfth, whose birth name, baptismal name, was Eugenio. Pope Pius the Twelfth is yes. your answer. So he is Pope Pius the Twelfth. Yeah. Okay. So Emily's on the hook for Pope Pius the Twelfth. Adrian is on the hook for the priest secretary for who? Leo the Thirteenth. Leo the Thirteenth. Who's right? Who's wrong? Dennis, fifteen seconds on the clock. What say you? I believe Emily is correct. Survey says. Congratulations. Wow, two for two. Two for two, no fooling, uh, Dennis. Now, uh, pop, pop quiz, a little off the cuff here. Dennis, do, might you know what uh, the only encyclical written not in Latin? Do you happen to know anything about that in reference to Pope Pius the Twelfth? I don't. Before he was Pope Pius the Twelfth, he drafted the only encyclical not written originally in Latin to be delivered to the German people. He helped smuggle it in oh. because he was the ambassador to Germany to combat the rise wow. of the evils of Nazism. It was written in German. Eugenio Ch- uh, Pacelli, thank you for that. All right, next third question. Are you ready to go, Dennis? You might have a perfect score today. Are you nervous? No, I got good teammates. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see. You can't trust them. This is a fair warning. A fair warning here. All right, third question back to you, Emily. Are you ready? Yes. Emily, what are the chief creatures of God? Oh, I'm going to go with. So I'm going to say maybe angels because they're pure spirit. Okay. Yeah, that that's my final answer. That is the chief creatures of God? Angels. Angels. Yeah. You're on the hook for, I was going to, amoeba maybe? Amoeba. A plant life? I don't know. So you're you're on the hook for angels. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian the Thomist. Adrian, can you tell me what are the chief creatures of God? Well, Emily is like 50% correct. I'm going to go with angels and humans because, you know, there's the two chief creatures. Angels because they're rational beings and humans because they're also rational beings. So that's what I'm going with. All right. So you're on the hook for angels and men. And Emily's on the hook for just angels. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Dennis, what say you? I believe Adrian is correct. Survey says... Perfect wow, score, well Dennis. done. Perfect score. Now, Dennis, did you know that one already? That one did you already have the answer to that Aquinas. one, Dennis? I've done, like, elementary reading into Aquinas. And I'll, 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 wow. I'll, we got a Thomas. 
<laughs> well, you just sang their praises. You can't, you, <laughs> Dennis, you can't encourage Emily and Adrian. I mean, they're, they're, they're Dominican, so anything Thomas Aquinas. They have posters of Aquinas on their well, actually, bedroom walls. That would be super cool. <laughs> actually, I kind of do. But, <laughs> but we also did Dominican Saint today, so, you know. We did. And uh, I did so of my own free will and accord. I just gave you the Dominican Saint of the day without even mm-hmm. fussing about and it. But, De- Dennis, you're three for three. Well three done. Three. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, didn't throw you for uh, no curveballs today. Adrian didn't throw out any wild answers. I think he was going a little easy on you there, to Dennis. But we're grateful that you're part of our show and you got three chances into Divine, uh, the, the coffee cup of Divine Providence. Anyway, Emily, what is the price pack one more time today? So tinysaints.com is giving away a prize box, which has got all kinds of cool things in it, a rosary, their charms, a teddy bear, a book. So it's a great prize. All right. Well, God love you, Dennis. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. I'm going to put you on hold in case uh, you become the winner on Friday. You'll have to tune in on Friday after uh, the divine, after the, uh, I was going to say the divine praises, but that comes later in the day. No, after the game show, we pull the winner on Friday. So you have to tune in then to see if you're the winner, if it's God's will for you. Another Thomistic now, idea. Dennis, I would say. Can, can I ask him a question? I have to put him back on air really quick. What's the question? Uh, Dennis, if you could get any tiny saint charm you, you want, who's your favorite saint? Who'd you get? Uh, St. Joseph. Oh, Good yes. Good answer. You were gonna. You thought he was going to say Dominican, didn't you? <laughs> uh, St. Joseph was a Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, God love you. I'm going to put you on hold now, Dennis. That's going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time today. And uh, praise God for it with all the difficulties and challenges we had on the tech side at the beginning with the lights flickering, sound coming off and on. I mean, it was just a little chaotic there for a while. And I'm willing to bet it's because the conversation we had uh, about the Hyde Amendment in particular and parental notifications was an important one to have. And I'm sure the demons didn't want that. We'll post that conversation all by itself on our YouTube and our Rumble channel. You can find links to all of that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. The Mass will start here in just a few minutes. Plus, we will stay on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube to continue our after-show conversation about all the stuff we talked about in the program today. You can be a part of that by commenting on any one of those platforms, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Search for us at grnonline on those platforms. Comment where you're from, where you go to church. We'd love to know more about that. Plus, any comments or questions that you might have, we'll mention those in the after show here in just a few moments. But I also uh, just want to invite you to be a part of our program tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. We're going to continue to have a great lineup of guests all week long. Uh, Mike from Restoring the Faith is going to be on to talk about what's really behind the game shop, GameStop stock uh, short crazy stuff that we've been seeing in the news. There's a lot more to that. We'll have that conversation tomorrow morning. We hope you'll be a part of that. But stick around for the after show of Catholic Drive Time coming up in just a few minutes. And if you're going to Holy Mass, pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the after show.
of Catholic Drive Time. And what a rough show it was today, um, Emily. Like, between brain fog and just can't get out of my own way and all the tech problems, like, I'm going back to bed. Forget it. I think God likes to keep us on our toes. That's how we <sighs> rely on him entirely. Oof. It was it was a rough ride today. Uh, we got we survived it though. Praise God. I uh, see we got some uh, people hanging out with us on the uh, Facebook side. Uh, praise God for that. We have some folks hanging out with us on the Twitter side, or no, rather the uh, YouTube side. I don't know that anybody ever hangs out with us on Twitter anymore. No, definitely not this early in the morning. <laughs> uh, what's up with Twitter? I mean, uh, is it just because it's uh, hardly anybody there any, these days, or just because Twitter people tend to get I out think, of bed around noon? Well, I think it appeals to a different kind of content um, than long live streams. Ah, I see. Okay. Um. Well, we got some folks uh, we want to mention here, and I want to thank them for hanging out with us. Joaquin, of course. Uh, Susan, thank you for hanging out with us uh, on Facebook side. I see uh, earlier, I thought I had somebody earlier over there, but uh, Lori, I know Lori was hanging out with us, of course. Jesus, our buddy Jesus, uh, the secret Dominican uh, Jesus Robles. (laughs) He said they don't have tiny Dominican saints uh, because there is nothing tiny about Dominicans. <laughs> he said dog Dominicans. Hey, Seuss, are you a third-order Dominican or what, my what friend? You, what you mean to say is like, a third-order Dominican yet? Uh, Chris Velasquez is hanging out with us. on pa- And Patty, of course, earlier was hanging out with us uh, as well. And Lori, we, we really appreciate you guys being a part of our program every day. So praise God for that. And uh, on uh, on the YouTube side, I see uh, Susan is hanging out over there. Susan, it's good to see you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys are surviving the the frozen tundra of the wild north there in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Lori and Monica, I see over on YouTube. I see JC Jay Cabara is over there. Um, uh, Monica, as I think I mentioned, Monica. We're very grateful you are all here. If you're if you're new to the program, you've never hung out with us before. Tell us where you're from, where you go to church. Maybe if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to know. But, boy, these technical problems were absolutely wacky today. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody who is commenting. Let us know uh, for what's going on because I can't uh, monitor the live stream uh, while I'm running the show. So it's good to see all the comments. It helps me to be able to troubleshoot and uh, then give me feedback whenever things start working, stop working, helps me figure out what's going on. So thank you all to everybody who is uh, commenting there and helping me out. So God bless you all. I I even had the YouTube stream crash on me because uh, mm. I monitored it on my phone, and it said something went wrong, and then just crashed, and I had to like restart the whole thing. I see uh, Alan Mallory sent me an email. He had trouble last hour accessing the show as well, so that was really wacky. Um, yeah, there's so many technical problems today. I wonder. I mean, it's it's got to be uh, something demonic because honestly, I can't figure out any any practical solution to the problem. There was nothing. That was wrong. I checked everything. Everything was just as it was mm-hmm. before, and there's no reason, rhyme or reason, to why every, anything would be wrong. Yeah, Joe was just mentioning that while you were um, uh, on the phone with Dennis. Everything. But no, but I was saying it's a good thing, and it's it's this way in life as well. Like you always run up against obstacles because it keeps you on your toes, and it lets you fall back onto God and let Him be your strength. So always. Uh, God is reminding us to rely on Him. Absolutely, I was reading, I was listening to um, somebody. Your today. mic is a little low. Can is you it? pump okay. up your mic? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, there actually, you go. wow, there you go. There's I accidentally your voice. knocked it down. Uh, but yeah, every I was listening to, I think it was maybe it was Father Mike this morning. I forget what it was, but they were talking about how our Lord will allow horrible things to happen to us and tear us down in order that we will trust in our Lord, where we trust in Him alone, yeah. that we don't yeah. have a Pelagian mindset and think. We can do it of our own strength. 
Yeah. That's right. I, where, where was it? Because um, hmm. we are going through Exodus right now. I can't remember uh, now. I'll, uh, there was somebody who recommended you ask during the holy season of Lent that you uh, carefully and under spiritual guidance, I'm going to give a caveat here, that you carefully and under spiritual guidance ask your guardian angel to help you with humiliations during Oof. the holy season of Lent. If you want to be a heroic a saint, a virtuous and heroic saint, then ask your guardian angel to assist you with humiliations during the holy season of Lent, and you will grow in grace. <clears throat> you know, and that's a tough one. I pray the Christinorium, uh, the Angelorium Christinorium prayers daily, and every Friday includes the litany of, of uh, humiliation. And uh, whew, it's, a, it's a tough one to say that, to pray that, to ask God to, uh, to provide you these humiliations. And boy, does he ever, is he ever more willing to provide you with humiliations? Uh, so if you want to be a saint, pray that. I think you'll grow in grace. It's a tough one. That is, the litany of humility is one prayer that has never gone unanswered in my life. Never. <laughs> never. never. Not once. Yeah. You can always Lord, rely. provide me the Powerball. Nope. The crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> Lord, provide me humiliation. Pow! It'll ha- and another one. And <laughs> yeah. another one. Yeah. <laughs> it happens like right away. Yeah. yeah. So me and my buddies for the season of Septuagesima through Easter are doing the Litany of Humility every night before bed and a consecration to Our Lady every morning when we wake up. Brilliant. Uh, so that's... Oh, and I just remembered, uh, if you do the uh, the Litany the uh, litany of St. Joseph, that is an indulgence prayer until the for the rest of the year. I didn't know oh. that. And so if you do the, uh, the Litany of St. Joseph, uh, you get an indulgence. So there you go. So we're also doing that as well during the season of Septuagesima. Uh, so I think that's really awesome. Yeah, That's and great. Lent is fast approaching, so we need to begin the process of thinking about what our penances will be. And I've started that process. Uh, just, I was telling my wife uh, yesterday. I think I had some. I had some inspirations about what I could possibly do. You're going to scourge yourself. Scourge myself daily. I think. No, I'm teasing it. I'm not going to scourge myself. But uh, you know, I've tried a whole bunch of different things over the years. I used to wake up. Uh, now I do it professionally, but I used to wake <laughs> I used to wake up at three a.m. and pray the rosary uh, every day, and I also slept on the floor. Mm-hmm. And you know I put pebbles in the shoe, skip meals, d- skip coffee. I've done a lot of different things, but I tell you, there for a while, well, that year that I did the uh, wake up at three a.m. thing, uh, boy, that was that was a real. I think I was having dreams of of demonic possession that year. Well, wow. I was being harassed by demons in my dreams. Well, now you do it every day, so it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not even that hard anymore. Well, now I only get harassed by y'all, so <laughs> you're welcome. Is it kind of equal? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you know, waking, waking up to see Emily and I every morning has got to be the greatest joy of your life. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, well, if you could see Joe's face right now, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, uh, Dances with Wolves. I can't believe you guys have not oh seen Dances with Wolves. Speaking of this. demonic, how old is that movie? When's it from? Uh, it goes back to the 80s. Okay. It, it was beautifully filmed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so inspirational. It gave me a great desire to go and see the pl- the High Plains. If you've never been to that part of our country, it is so gorgeous, so epic. When you drive through, like, Wyoming, right, uh, you, you, you see the vast plains, and the land moves like it's an ocean wave. It's like when you're driving through there, it's like being a boat on the ocean. And the land has a, a movement to it that's just really beautiful and epic. And that film captures that. Uh, now, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, weirdness in the film, too, in some places. But I think it, 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 the other thing, too, about the movie is 
it tells the story very myopically. It's very one-sided. You know, um, the Sioux Indian people, good. The uh, U.S. Army, equal bad. Um, and, of course, life is way more complex than that. Uh, so there's good and bad on both sides, to be sure. But one of the, th- the items about that movie that I uh, forgotten about was how the main character, John Dunbar, gives himself over. It's subtle. It, they, don't really, they don't overly state this in the film. In the beginning of the film, it opens with him at a Civil War battle. And he is, uh, he, he's about to lose his leg from amputation from a wound. And he basically decides to commit himself to being shot to death out of suicide. And he's riding in front of the enemy back and forth and hoping that they will shoot him. But he also asks the father for forgiveness. So there's a subtlety about his Christian faith. Then as the film progresses and his character becomes more Sioux Indian than, than anything, he does also subtly accept the pagan rituals of his friends. And I find that very fascinating, actually. Uh, the reason why is because this is part of what Lewis and Clark did on their journey. That whatever Indian tribe they they came across, in order to maintain friendly uh, relations with them, they gave themselves over to whatever pagan rituals and practices that tribe was practicing, and uh, and they didn't think twice about it. And it you know that's not a good thing as Christians. We can't give ourselves over to pagan practices. It's like the whole the Poch uh, idol thing that was out of Rome back in October of 2019. This is a bad thing. You don't you don't pretend to play around with the occult. You don't pretend to play around or, or tolerate in these subtle ways uh, this uh, pagan worship. I mean, the, today's gospel illustrates this perfectly, that this man was possessed by legion, 6,000 plus demons he was possessed by, and these people, these Gentile pagans, were were uh, enslaved to these demonic overlords and could not be freed no matter how much they tried. They could not be freed. And when Christ comes to free them, they don't even want Christ to hang out there anymore. They want him to leave. Um, you know, and I think that should be a reminder. So it's interesting when I was watching uh, Dances with Wolves. Again, it's a beautiful film. It's still a very good story. Um, but it, it reminds me of the subtlety with which we accept things that aren't good for us. Um, and we sort of rationalize our behavior in some ways. In this case, because... These uh, the 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 white man you know invading upon their their turf had uh, an evil connection or context to it rather. Then therefore it's okay to completely accept paganism. No, I don't think so. I mean we don't we don't want we don't want the evils of of Western society, and we also don't want the evils of pagan society. We want Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and his and his kingdom. Um, you guys got to watch that film. I think you you get a lot out of it. So on a separate note, uh, the looking forward to this week, we're actually going to have the Hillbilly Thomas on the show. So this is I'm a so excited. <laughs> so this is a uh, just an exclusive sneak peek for people on Facebook because we didn't mention it on the radio side, but for y'all on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, uh, we are having the Hillbilly Thomas on Friday, and I talked to them, and they said uh, they're going to have they're going to try to have. Uh, three of the Hillbilly Thomas on with us via Zoom. So you'll be able to see them there. Uh, our, the Dominican Friars are gonna, will be there. And uh, I asked them if we um, will be able to get permission or how their music is copyrighted in order to play me- their music uh, on the show. So we'll find out whether or not we'll be able to do that. But yeah, so tune in on Friday. I'm super excited to have the Hillbilly Thomas on. Uh, I got to meet a number of them uh, whenever I was in the novitiate. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I also got to meet some of them. You can go listen to their album. It's called Living for the Other Side. It's fantastic. 
Valerie is hanging out with us over at Facebook. We're happy to have you part of the program, Valerie. If you, my dear listener and viewer, are hanging out with us right now and you've you've not uh, chimed in, please tell us where you're from and uh, give us your first name and maybe your city location or your parish. And if you have a question or a comment, we'd like to know that. Have you seen Dances with Wolves? I'd like to know. Comment in the com box wherever you're watching us, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. I'd love to know that. Now, Emily, you watched Infidel. That's right. Mm-hmm. Jim Caviezel plays the main character. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the movie is about he's a he plays a Christian blogger um, who goes to I believe it was Cairo. He goes to Egypt and um, he's doing sort of an ecumenical interview with uh, the Muslim some Muslim TV show. And then he his his wife tells him before he goes, do not preach. That's too dangerous. Don't preach when you go over there. It's supposed to be purely ecumenical. But he's on the show, and there's this moment where the the Muslim um, host TV show st- host says, Jesus was a great prophet and a great teacher. Ooh. And he just pauses, and you can see, like they show his wife on the screen. And she's like, oh, he's gonna do it, and he go- he starts preaching. He says, no, Jesus is God. He's the way, the truth, and life. So then, what happens is he gets kidnapped. He gets imprisoned, and actually, um, it's not I th- it's not um, like illegal terrorist or off the chart it's like the actual government who is persecuting him because the blasphemy of this. laws yeah and so they they accuse him of being a spy they come up with all this fake evidence and it's just it's a very intense movie i would say not for children there's a lot of cursing and you know torture scenes of torture so not for the the faint of heart but definitely a great movie and based on real events so if you want to know about actual real persecution that's going on in the middle east against christians Mm -hmm. go ahead and watch that well speaking of real events i watched uh the independence day over the weekend (laughs) (laughs) that's a documentary right yes it is for sure they're being sarcastic sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) i watched independence day over the weekend the original one not the remake i didn't see the then one that just came out or i guess not a remake it was was a sequel sequel, yeah. yeah but um yeah, the the Independence Day it was really good. I was really surprised by Popcorn how film. Uh, well, you know, there was a very there was a lot of really good uh, look at humanity and uh, what it means to be a person. Um, so I thought it was very interesting. But there were a lot of things that I would notice. I was like, you can see the shift in um, in society was happening when this movie was coming out because you still saw a reverence for marriage mm. like marriage was obviously the goal in these people's lives so the will smith character was uh was sleeping with uh this other character and they were living together but there was a goal for marriage the girl was like oh i i, I really want him to propose already and uh then yeah. later on the uh they actually get married right before he goes off to uh save the world and same thing with the other guy who got a divorce his wife divorced him and he uh, they end up getting back together by the end of the movie so there's a reverence for marriage there that's uh but you could see it uh, how it's slipping away and then the fact that the woman uh who is that that divorced her husband her she divorced her husband not because that she didn't love him anymore mm-hmm. or those kind of ideas but because she wanted to pursue her career and i thought that was a very interesting mm-hmm. point that was made it was you could see the rise of feminism yeah. where she was talking about how it was more important for her to pursue her career than to pursue her marriage. And I thought that was very sad, uh, but I thought that was very interesting to see that shift happen uh, right there in the movies. Yeah, it definitely uh, displays uh, for everyone to see, who has eyes to see it, the ills in our society as a result to the lack, the loss of faith, right? Um, and that's part of the Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood virus that I think is 
it's really taken root in society, even among Catholic and Christian families. We how we watch entertainment, I think, matters, especially if we don't do so with a discerning eye. I, as a kid, I grew up on whatever movie I, I could watch. I was allowed to watch pretty much anything for the most part. I mean, we were talking uh, before about like Freddy Krueger, Halloween, uh, you know, Friday Thirteenth, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Porky's. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Rated R movie, this rated R movie, that. Stripes was a was a movie I saw a dozen times as a kid. Uh, I mean, then of course you get Full Metal Jacket and Heartbreak Ridge and. And Hamburger Hill, I mean, I, Platoon, I was, I watched all of these films all the time as a kid. And um, as a, an adult, the older I get, the more I get, intolerant might be one way to say it. But another way to say it is, I, like, when, when you have a film, like, say, Save and Private Ryan, based on true events, um, and you're, you're, the context of violence is within the context of the historical event, that's one thing. But when you... When you have like uh, violence or sexual related, uh, you know, uh, themes or graphic stuff, it's like when you interrupt the plot line to bring you this crazy stuff and it becomes so obvious, like I can't do that anymore. I just can't watch that, that deep, dark, uh, brooding, uh, crazy films like, you know, what movie really uh, started to put me down this path was The Road, the movie The Road. The guy who played the 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 actor who played the the main character in the road also pl- uh, played Aragorn in uh, Lord of the Rings, and um, that movie was dark and dismal, and just depressing without hope or joy, until the very last few seconds of the film they give you some glimmer, they give you some relief. the 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 whole movie was just like being hit in the face with a sledgehammer, and then at the very last few seconds, they give you some hope. And it was like, I can't do that anymore. I just can't watch that. I'd love to know from our audience, can you watch crazy movies anymore? I mean, movies that really set me off, movies that blaspheme our Lord, take our Lord's name in the vein, especially if they're like totally out of context. It's like if they're they're just like, for instance, Marvel movies, The Winter Soldier, every... Every few sentences, our Lord was being t- uh, our, our name, the Lord of the, the name of the Lord. Good grief! I, my brain shut off. Apparently, the name of the Lord was being taken in vain. I just couldn't, can't do it anymore. Just I'm done. Entertainment or no? So the uh, one thing I wanted to mention was the fact that whenever you mentioned how you become intolerant, uh, Fulton Sheen has a great uh, article on uh, just online. You can go find it. It's called "A Plea for Intolerance." Uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen. If you look that up, you'll find it. Uh, I just want to read the first couple sentences. It's uh, about three pages long, but I'm going to read the first couple sentences. <laughs> How are they going to read the first no, three no, pages? No. And he says, uh, America, it is said, is suffering from intolerance. It is not. It is suffering from tolerance. Tolerance of right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and evil, Christ and chaos. Our country is not merely so much overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. The man who can make up his mind in an orderly way as a, mind, as a man might make up his bed is called a bigot. But a man who cannot make up his mind any more than he can make up for lost time is called tolerant and broad-minded. Mm. So he goes on from there. But I think that's a very important point that the, I, the problem that we're having with America today is not that we are being intolerant and that we're uh, bigoted and things like that. Instead, it's the exact opposite. So I think that's a very important point that we should talk about in the future. Amen. All right, that's going to do it for today's Catholic Drive Time, and it's probably a good thing, too. 
because my brain is shut off and uh, it only gets worse from here. So praise God for the little things. But tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, uh, Mike from Restoring the Faith is going to be on uh, to talk about the GameStop stock uh, crazy story between hedge fund uh, managers and retail stock purchasers about what's really going on in the back end. We'll have that conversation plus a lot more on tomorrow's Catholic Drive Time. We hope you'll be a part of it. And I want to encourage you to go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find all the links, the audio podcast, and everything about our program right there. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. See you tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.